0: Uh, when the, after we got married, no, no, I think before we got married, I was working for Pastor Rick and um, for one whole summer. And uh, of course, we both worked for his wife. And, you know. <laughs> but it was a great, great experience for me because things that I've learned from him were things that I was able to do back at the house and back in Micronesia. And tonight it's so nice to see Larry. Thank you for uh, coming tonight as well. And uh, like Pastor mentioned about the, um, <clears throat> the retaining wall, yeah, we never met those four men before that came and helped. So Larry was from here church, and two men from Tennessee, and another, the other one came from. Uh, Michigan. And to let you know, Larry, um, David Smith, you remember him, right, from from Michigan? He passed away a few, few months ago. Is that right? Yeah. And it was an accident. He was playing with his grandkids and somehow he slipped and fell, hit his head on the concrete. And so from then on, it just went bad. And so he died from that. So... Um, didn't know if you knew about it, but um, I was very grateful to meet them for the first time when they came and just so thankful for those churches that came at the time that we really needed help. Uh, we looked everywhere, construction places, uh, back home to help, and the price they gave us was way too much. Like we're talking about 200 to $300,000 to build just walls. And I said, wow, we can't come up with money like that. But these men came out and few and supporting churches that help. And of course, your church did really a uh, big help for us on, during that time to provide the money just for the materials and the labor was free from those men. And so grateful that in just nine days, like Larry mentioned, that eight or nine feet high and 80 feet long and about 10 inches wide, I would say, that retaining wall with the foundation, the footing at at the bottom was was very, very big. And so we were very grateful for what they did. And it was a testimony to our people to see what God had done. And so they were very grateful for you guys, uh, Larry. Just couldn't believe, you know, how hard work you guys did. You know, you you, you work from morning, begin at about seven o'clock right after breakfast or 7.30 7:30 and go all the way down to 9 o'clock at night, and so that was that was hard labor, and so they were very very amazed with uh, the work that you all did, and so after the, the the wall was built, I was able to sleep peacefully at night. Yes, but of course you saw the uh, the video <clears throat> that uh, showed that the trees from uh, the where the mudslide took place. A lot of them fell on the roof and you know one just punctured the, the tin roof and so we got some we didn't know and we got some water leaking from the rain down and one time when we were talking uh, it was it was funny we were talking about something and something you know things that uh, went wrong and we were saying some things about what what went wrong and then we were not finished with i think she was still saying some of some of the things and and this thing happened a whole ceiling gave in from that <laughs> and uh so i said well that's another another thing that went wrong right there but when they came it was a great blessing to see that happen and you know through that some people would come to me and and you know they would say uh we we saw we saw something that god did in your life through that time so uh like pastor mentioned this morning sometimes you wonder is god there yeah you kind of sense if god sees we understand god sees all that but at that moment when you say lord please this is uh, this is a very important time very hard time it's the time that we really need you to work and um we want it to, do- to be done right away but God has his own timing, and so uh, I was very thankful for that, but uh, when Pastor, like I mentioned this morning, heard about the news, and he called right away to say, if you need me there, I'll come right away, uh, that was very encouraging to me, and when I was working for him <clears throat> one day, I think he was going to say, say the story, but maybe that's the story he wanted to say, but um, maybe oh, I'll, I'll share it, uh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> We uh, we went to eat uh, after we worked that morning, uh, lunchtime, and so he we went out with some other guys that were working with us, and I I just got got there from from furlough. We were coming through Hawaii, and we got there, and so <clears throat> the waiter came, and um, it's time to pay for the food, and so I said. Um, I just came from Hawaii, but um, uh, I wonder if you take Hawaiian money. And she thought for a minute, and she said, "Let me go ask my manager." <laughs> and Fastaruk and was laughing because, you know, of course it's the same currency, right? <laughs> and she came back. She said, "Well, I think the I think the, the even the manager is questioning about it, but uh, <laughs> we." He said, it's just the same money, it's the U.S. currency. So that's, that's the thing that I thought Pastor was going to mention this morning. I, I wonder if you did look up, uh, maybe in the internet, to see if you found a name of a place that has the shortest name in this world. Did anybody find something like that? I don't know if you did. But where we are is what I believe has the shortest name, okay? Of course, the island is Panape, or we would say Ponpei. If you look on the map, and, and, and we were looking at that, Brian was trying to bring it up in his cell phone. You can see Australia, you can see Papua New Guinea, but in the middle of the blue, you have to really zoom it all the way up to find our little island. So it's 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 out there somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, it's about sixty miles around. And um, it takes us two hours to drive it because our our road is not that good. And I don't know, we didn't really get those men around the island because they were busy from morning till evening, and then all those days that they were there until the day they left. So, uh, Larry, I think you you need to come back again. So I'll take you around the island, maybe. (laughs) But um, we have our own language, and we speak mainly Ponopean. My mom is from another island called Koshrai. And um, that is a totally different language from Pohnpei language. So growing up in a home, we speak these two different languages. So English would be my third. And when I first came to U.S. to Bible school uh, at Ambassador Baptist College in North Carolina, I struggled with English. And even when I met my wife, we our conversation was when we were getting to know each other. it was she understood, it was difficult. you know, she couldn't really understand what I was saying. Maybe maybe now she understands me. but at that time, when when people would speak to me when I first came, it'll take like few seconds for me to respond because I'm trying to put the words together in my mind before I can say something. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, each of the islands, as its own language. So we got more four main islands which are the main states and these little islands nearby that are, you know, part of the Micronesian Islands. But these four states, this Panape, Koshrai, Yap, and Chuk. And all the these main islands, these states have different language from each other. So very different. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Now, how do we we talk with people from another island? Uh, Thankfully, English would be what we can try to to learn to to communicate with people that may not know your language. So among ourselves in the islands, uh, we we would communicate in English as much as we can. But um, if it's broken English, that's that's okay. Sometimes we add sign language to it to make it just to understand the main idea of what you want to say. But that's what we do. Uh, if we, if if you come to the island you'll find that people from the ages now I would say maybe age 78 years old and up would have no clue how to speak English so now nowadays a lot of the younger generations are learning more English and in our in our school system, they're giving out textbooks that are in English, they're reading. We are starting to learn from uh, second grade up how to know the alphabet and start some learning more English all the way till you complete high school and then then into college. So, English is become, becoming a language that everybody in these days are learning more. Anyway, so, uh, you know, if you're in town, in our little town, which for us to drive from where we are to our little town is, is about 25 minutes. Come into our village, the name of our village is just one letter. It's U. So that's U. Yeah. <laughs> U, the letter U. So I don't know if there's any other place that have a short name like our little village, but um, that's our name. It's U and uh, you, you spell it U. Yes. What's that? It's in Denmark. Okay. In Maine. Eh? Okay. <laughs> we must be related then. Yeah. I think we're related to them. <laughs> but people on the island, I think on our island of Pompeii, there are probably, I want to guess, at about forty to 45,000 people on our island. And the main religion is Catholic. And um, we have another group bigger group next to them that we call the Protestant Church, and then these different other religions, denominations were, you know, uh, the Seventh-day, the Assembly of God, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witness, and many others. And so, <clears throat> I am very grateful uh, for the, a man by the name of Isama Willis, who was my pastor before, uh, he he got saved uh, when he was in in Guam for college. Someone in the military who was a Christian approached him and witnessed to him. And uh, he got saved through that. And Pastor Wallace was a man that people on our island also knew, a man who, who loved drinking and enjoyed worldly life. But he got saved. And right after that, the Lord... Uh, you know, impressed upon his heart to go to a Bible school. And he ended up somewhere up in Canada for his Bible training. And then after he finished, God enabled him to go back home. And there was another man, uh, it's a long story, but who started a mission board worldwide Baptist New Testament. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that, but the man who started that is Dr. Bill Wingard, who's now... the lord right now but he heard about micronesian islands and he wanted to come there and um, he wanted to reach out to these islands and in the process of that time dr wingard came i mean got got in touch with pastor welles and they both worked together to start calvary baptist church the first baptist church that was on the island of Punpei. and so I want to share a little bit of how I came to know the Lord. I was very grateful. My my parents um, one day was having some family problems and because dad loved drinking and uh, that problem always, great problem, you know, alcohol problem was always a problem, you know, anyways, um, they got split up one time and my mom took us kids to her island and that. Stayed alone for about three months and just couldn't be on his own without the, the family. Finally, went to mom to her island and asked us, her to bring us to come back to him. So mom says, well, you know, if you want us back, you need to choose between these two, either your alcohol or the family, but not both. You know, it, it caused it so many problems. So dad says, okay, I'll try to... change change my life. And he started searching, you know, he really seriously searched for God's help. And he went from church to church on the island. What I want to say is one day as they were going to a church where my mom usually go to, they were walking down this hill from our place and down at the bottom of the hill is that Baptist church, the Calvary Baptist church. And they noticed that there was a service going on, uh, I believe it was a Sunday night service, and, <clears throat> and the people were crowded in the building and looking inside the wind through the window and outside the door because there was no space to go and sit on the pews, and it was a big crowd, and dad looked over to my mom and he, he says, hey, why don't we go to church here tonight? My mom says, to a Baptist church? I'll never step into a Baptist church. You go ahead and go to that church. I will not go there. I'm gonna to go to my church." And so he stopped in and he realized that there was an American preaching that night who was a missionary. And I can relate to Mr. Brian's in uh, Orlando, your story about how you came to know the Lord. It was a missionary preaching that night. And for the first time in my dad's life, he heard a message that spoke to his heart to tell him that God loves any sinner. God loves him as a sinner. And he says, would really God love me as as bad as I am? But the conviction took place as he was listening to the message. And during the invitation, I mean, he went with whoever went up to respond to the invitation. And it was that night when someone took him aside and showed him how to get saved. And i'm so grateful that he got saved because that decision affected all the family my mom get to know the lord later on it took a while because she was stubborn and very you know you know but it took a while she got saved and then my siblings got saved i have an older sister i'm next to the to the oldest to her and then i have twin sisters after me my only brother after that and two other sisters and they're all here in the states They've been here a while, so I'm glad to be able to see them a few days ago. The one we haven't seen is the one who's living in Kentucky, one of my sisters. One of the twins is in Kentucky. Anyways, um, I'm so grateful for missionaries. I'm so grateful for Christians who share the gospel, because that's how we came to know the Lord. I got saved at the age of 14, and I showed that on the video at the youth summer camp, and so... Now, life in Ponte Bay is different, very different from here. And so a lot of things, if you come, Larry may be able to share with you some of what he saw, but uh, it's so totally different. I knew um, one of our furlough trips when we came here, uh, my wife, Susan, was going to the grocery store. And so she walked into the grocery store and she said, I looked over inside the The store and she was overwhelmed with what she saw all kinds of things that you have in the stores hmm? because back home when she goes shopping she'll have to go to probably seven or ten stores to get everything she wants on her list or here you may go to one store and find everything you want (laughs) but things like that okay anyways uh, and the price of our grocery is, is about double or three times as much as you would pay here, I would say. Um, so it's very expensive because most of our things are imported to the island. Now we got local food. Uh, what you eat most back, back in our island is fish. We got fish everywhere. And so you can fish anytime you want. And you want a spear fish, you want a fish with line or a fish with net, however you want to catch them, it's easy to do that. And so we can eat fish fresh all the time. If you love fish, you love it there. Now, I've I've had some preachers that I invited to come visit, and they never really like fish. But after they eat the fish from home, they said, "Oh, well, this is this is this is not bad." I, I they, their mind changed because they have tasted the very good fish that <laughs> they ate back home. But um, you know, uh, our gas prices right now. Uh, was before we left was up at six dollars and fifteen cents. So I'm not sure how much you pay for your gas a gallon here, but that's what we pay back home. So things are, you know, prices are pretty high. Uh, people try to work. Uh, very few of our people in our church have jobs. Uh, some of them do farming, not big farm like you do here, but just little gardens where or other pla- uh, thing crops that they can plant and. And then harvest and take to the market to sell and and live above live off that and some do fishing and so uh, for me and my wife and our family we do like fish i'm not really a fisherman but I, I i go sometimes when i can but some of our men in our church that are fishermen they always provide fish for us to eat and so that was a blessing anyways let me give you an opportunity to ask question i'm sure you saw that the video and maybe some questions came into your mind do you Anybody with a question you want to ask? Yes. When you preach, yes. what language do you preach in? I preach in Pompeii, yes, oh. yes. And so I, you know, our regular group, they would come in and I preach. You know, I know them, so Pompeii is mainly our language. But if there is someone that showed up and I've never saw before, and I probably think he's from another island, I would try to mix it with some English words. So he can understand the main idea of what, what in the message is, yes. Anybody else with a question? Yes. Yeah, how many services do you have? What's that? How many services do you have? Per we have um, month, uh, Sunday morning, and we do Sunday evening, too. And then on Wednesday service, yeah, that's what we do, yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, sometimes we do... Um, we do quarterly of our Lord's Supper uh, service. And so when we do that, because some of our people live far away, they, we just kind of combine the service together with the lunch in the middle. So we do the main service in the morning, we do lunch together, we go on to do the, um, uh, the next service with the Lord's Supper. So those that live far away couldn't come in sometime in the evening and can also be a part of that uh, service. Yes, ma'am. What is your greatest
1: need? What was
0: it? What is your greatest need? Our greatest needs. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, we are trying to complete our little church building. So what we have is a floor that we port, and we have a floor right now, and but it's not enclosed. What we like to do is, is put a wall around it and... Maybe a lot of windows so we can still have the breeze from the ocean in. But when it gets hot, you know, our island is very hot. <laughs> with the humidity, it feels so, you know, really, really hot. Anyways, uh, you can you, you can do something, a, a little walk and you're starting to sweat because that's how bad the humidity is. But anyways, um, we would like to put a wall around the building if we can. And that's our prayer. And, um, you know, right now, since it's open, uh, not it, just recently, we we put a, a little fence around it. And that is to keep the dogs from coming inside while we're doing the services. But, you know, you're doing the service and you hear uh, chickens outside, you hear pigs over there because some people have pigs nearby. And dogs would like to walk inside and and some of the dogs are very faithful than some of the church members. So I'm very <laughs> grateful for that. <laughs> but we put this fence around to keep them out. But hopefully someday we can put a wall around it. Yes. And that's that's been our prayer right now. Yes, sir. What kind of what kind of cost estimate would, would that be? Uh I was waiting for two Men contractors to come and give me their estimate. But I think, as we were talking about me and some of the men, I think it might take about maybe fifteen thousand or twenty just to put that wall around. And, and we have we have um, sheet rocks for the ceiling already, so that that's already available for us. But a what? A mission stream, absolutely. Like Larry did before, uh, we would love to have that kind of group again to come and help out. And so, if that is something you could do, we would enjoy that. Yes, ma'am. Do you have the monsoon season? In fact, I think at this point it's not quite like that. Do you have any? What do you say? <laughs> uh, at this at this point in November up to maybe February. We have more rain, a lot more. But Ponte is one of the hot, I mean, wettest place in the world. Uh, we have rain if, every week, every month, we have rain. But usually at this time, we have more than usual, yes. So, so how do you keep, like, if you don't have the walls, does the rain come in, or is it set in a way that it does? not um, well, the way it's done now is, you know, we uh, the the water's not coming in anymore, but we have make it fixed it to where they fix it to where the rain will just flow down to uh, somewhere where it'll flow down where it'll finally get into the ocean, and so so. But some uh, we're grateful for that. During that mudslide, it was it was bad, and every time it rained. And uh, the kids already know what to do. The rain starts pouring and each one will pick up a, a broom or something because it will flow into the house and so we'll try to push it out. We're trying to get it to where it would not come up to touch the outlets. Otherwise, you get electrocuted. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Any other question? Yes, sir. Typhoon. Yes, we do have typhoons. Uh, not real bad ones lately, but years ago as I remember a bad one when I was you know, a teenager and it just wiped out the island. It's like all the green trees after a few days turned brown because so many of them broke broken branches and all that, it just you know, killed many things. So we do have that. And um it's it's hard to know when they would when they would come. Usually it'll start our in our area but then it builds up as it goes toward Guam and Guam often gets it very bad when it finally hits there mm-hmm. then it builds up as it goes continue on further up to Japan or Philippines or wherever it goes and you know but we do have that mm-hmm. yes all right yes i think they would find it interesting what susan was telling this afternoon about yeah. groceries groceries income. Right. Well, would you want to answer that real quick? Hmm? Yeah. Maybe mention it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I think she explains it better than I would. <laughs> To our island, so if you get produce or whatever, it's been on the ship for at least three weeks by then. So, um, it's not fresh. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. Is it like in Hawaii? In Hawaii, they love spam. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll find that everywhere. Spam. <laughs> was that its own oh yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you love spam you'll you'll enjoy the island <laughs> yes in the back <laughs> yeah i guess that can do but you know things grow really fast over there you can um it's green everywhere and um so but not you know we our land may not be that big you know people have their own land but it's not like big big place where you can do great farming so there's only one family that i know that have very you know acres of land and so they're the one that have cows and uh, but they don't do any you know farming crops like that they just have a lot of cattle that's right and, and so, other places, uh, people are living right around the island. And so, from the edge of the island up into in inland would be, i want to say maybe uh, people live from there up to maybe three miles in inland. The rest of it is government property. Uh, yes so. Very, very little farming. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What does your church do for um, children? Do you have uh, uh, children. Right. Um, which something we would like to. We used to back before we did like um, Wednesday service for children's uh, like Bible club that my wife does did back then. And so ever since COVID came, we haven't done that since since then. But we're hoping that after this furlough trip, we'll start back that again. And so, but we have a Sunday school time for them. We usually have them during the main service during the singing, and then right after the singing, i I dismiss them to go with the teacher. and so they have the rest of the time for that morning service. And we haven't done um, that Bible club again, but we hope to do that again for them. They enjoy that. and, and a lot of kids that, uh, normally we not come on sunday morning we will we'll come for that so anyways and we do uh, vbs as well right yes how many people in your congregation a, a good crowd we will have at least 100 people but lately since we are losing some of them they're moving away from coming to us and uh, it's it's been down to like 80 in the morning and am i right susan uh, some 80 90 right now in the morning evening is you know a lot less but you know yes uh there are several f- versions of translations but they're not the best mm-hmm. so we have one that it's not quite same as the King James that I would prefer it, it, it's it's Goes along with that, but um, it's, it's the best one that we can use. It, it's only in the New Testament, so I would use that when I'm preaching out of the New Testament. Now, if I preach out of the Old Testament, I would just read from the English Bible, yeah, and try to translate that. Yeah. Was that? Uh, no, I didn't bring it with me. Yes, and since traveling, we're trying to less less things to carry, you know, I thought maybe I wouldn't, I'll take, I will leave that for now. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for your questions. I know our time is getting longer, but let me share one verse before I close. And, um, I've been reading the book of, um, first Corinthians and enjoying the, the book for my devotions in the morning. And, um, God refreshed my my memories of things that I've read before and new things that He he just kind of showed me again or showed to me. But as I come to chapter 9, and speaking of uh, Paul, speaking of the importance of sharing the gospel, because that's the greatest message that we all should share. It's the message we needed before we got saved. And without the message, we cannot be saved. And what's in the message speaks of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And Paul mentioned that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. So I'm very grateful for Paul's testimony when it comes to sharing the gospel. And let's look at chapter 9 before uh, we conclude tonight. In verse number 16, Where it says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And then it goes on all the way down to the end of the chapter. But it speaks of the importance of our part today as Christians that we continue that message to share with everyone. Let me pray real quick and then we'll uh, talk about it. A little bit. Father, we thank you for our time and ask that you would bless this moment as we look into your word. Thank you for your blessings today. And thank you, Lord, for salvation in Jesus Christ. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I read it through it and I was just thinking about how Paul had made himself available to everybody. To the Jews, basically, since he's a Jewish man. But he made himself available to the Jewish people. Any different group that we read at the rest of the chapter speaks of this phrase, that I might gain the more. And so if you read on all the way down, which I don't know if we really have time to go through that, but in verse number 19 and so forth, it says, For though I be free from all men, yet have have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And then verse 20, unto the Jews became as as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And Paul is, is conscious about how we reach out, reach out to people and so that mentality should be ours as well. How do I reach any type of people? And you know we should not just pick a one particular group to reach out to. Our islands, uh, our main island of Point Bay, we have the outer island people to come in and so they're a different mixed group. Now we have all kinds of people from all over the world on, il- on our island. We have People from America, people from Australia, from uh, New Zealand, from Japan, from New Guinea, from every place. And so it's it's all groups of people. But what Paul, as I read about this chapter, speaks about that he made himself uh, to reach everyone. You know, there's not just one group. He reaches out there. Why? Because Christ died for everybody. Yes, yes. And so I'm very thankful that I came to know Christ as my Savior. And I'm very thankful for uh, our, you know, Apostle Paul right here, the examples that he shows and teaches us from, his, from God's Word that God gave him. And so with, with our ministry, I'm not just reaching only the local people, the Micronesians. I'm looking at the Outer Island people. And I'm praying for the outer islands that someday there will be some Bible-believing churches on those islands. I pray for opportunities, and I have some opportunities to visit some of these islands. And when I see them, I, I, my heart breaks because I say, who's who's going to come here? Who's, who's Who can God bring into this place to start a Bible-believing church to reach the people here? And so I've had opportunities in the past where I went with... Uh, you know, people from those places and uh, got to preach on those islands. And uh, I want to do more of that. And so our prayer is to be like Paul, that we reach out to everyone because God loves everybody and God dies for die for everybody. Because of our time, and that's what I'd like to end with tonight, then I'll turn it over to the Pastor. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Um, just just so you're, if you're wondering, uh, uh, Susan told us today that a that a whole chicken, you know, a big a big whole chicken is about twenty bucks, oh. <laughs> or or more, yeah, or more, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Don't even think about a turkey. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the quite the financial challenge. And as we all know, when, when finances are tight, it affects, it affects everything. And, and so uh, price specifically for them uh, uh, in that area, if you would. Um, so uh, guys, are you ready for the second offering? <clears throat> this, this plate up here is empty, Rick.